I know I've been changed. I have been changed. For the better. Yes, thanks to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Permanent Plus One Podcast. I go by the name of Alan Woods. And my name is Kyla Woods as of <laughs> May 14th, 2011. <laughs> I don't know why I felt like I should say that. I just... That's we, been my name we, since that are day. Are we contestants on, <laughs> on Wheel of Fortune? I just felt compelled to <laughs> to recall our wedding day. Okay? There's nothing That's wrong with that. funny. Kyla has headphones for the first... This is the first show that Kyla's had headphones. I'm so brand new right now. <laughs> I'm so new. Normally, she just sits there and looks at me I and do. trusts that everything sounds right. I do. But, it's a lot uh, of trust. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, but we finally figured out how to uh get two headphone situations happening my headphones are like studio headphones so like when you plug them in you hear everything like crystal clear <laughs> and you plug any other headphones in and they'd be like nah son so mine are not that bad That's actually good. these are ava's headphones she yeah. got for merry christmas. christmas yeah i don't have any headphones but these uh, are nice it's uh, good it's merry different. christmas to me <laughs> <laughs> or to Ava <laughs> to both of us apparently yeah because yeah. <laughs> you get we wear the them. same clothes how, shoes how, I'm borrowing does, her headphones how does that feel it's because so weird I, you are at a point now where oh, you guys wear the same size shoes it's she's so only weird. 11 and, yes. and that's not really I mean I know we've talked about you know watching our girls grow up but now like I don't have anything to compare with that because I don't have like a son that is wearing yeah. my jersey or something like you, yeah. you got a daughter that wears the exact same shoe size it's really weird and she's really into like shoes and you, tried, you tried to get her for her Christmas shoes her pink uh, and black Nikes <laughs> I told her I was like don't leave those out of your sight because mommy will be wearing them the next day <laughs> yeah, it's yeah it's definitely a different stage in parenting but I mean it's, it's kind of cool in some ways but it's very weird in other ways i mean you guys can kind of buy one pair of shoes and share them yeah she got some uggs for christmas don't think i, I didn't slide <laughs> oh, them on a couple Lord. times just to, just to go outside <laughs> let mommy borrow those let me hold those <laughs> so you were wearing her uggs out in the snow yes <laughs> speaking of snow speaking of snow you bring up an excellent point thank you boom remember episode two when my segues was just terrible and when we spelled segway wrong on the, on the picture do you remember that i spelled it we changed i spelled it. it like the vehicle you did that was so funny we had people like oh i thought you guys were gonna be on those little mobile things nope that's not how you spell segway <laughs> not the kind we're talking they about said so. we've come so far okay yeah. snow days well snow snow days <laughs> You know what? So everyone who's listening, who's a parent, especially in Cincinnati or in any other state or city that's had some snow lately, right? Mm -hmm. And you've had some snow days. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with your kids on these snow days? And then if you're a parent who maybe works two part-time jobs or who works a full-time job that doesn't have flexibility or mm -hmm. you can't take your kid to work, this is a legit concern that I've had in the last couple of weeks yeah. as Ava has had three snow days just in the last, what, week and a half. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is that as we have transitioned um, with our job situations, like when I was just doing straight freelance mm -hmm. and doing design from home, like that was never a concern because it was, it wasn't. if it's a snow day, who cares? Mm -hmm. I'm already at home, you know, so it didn't change anything. But now that I'm going into the office and I'm working in an environment where I might have meetings or whatever yeah. is the case. And then you were working in news, so there was no, like... Really, it was on me to figure out it because was. by the time we figured out it was a snow day, you had been at work because exactly. you used to have to get there at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. So if it was a snow day, I had to figure out what was going to happen. 
And now that we're both kind of working in corporate America, you know, it's like, what do you do? Right. And fortunately, I'm I'm very grateful for the fact that she can go to work with me, you know, most times like we have a flex and you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there are isolated incidents where maybe she can't or, you know, there are plenty of parents who don't have that as an option. And I think for us, we're we're transplants. So we're not from here. um, So we don't have the auntie or the cousin or the grandmother or whoever to step into that role for us. So a lot of parents who are local. They do have that. So right. if they don't have the job flexibility, they at least have the family here. Mm-hmm. But I'm hard pressed to believe that there are not there's there's not a, an audience of people who um, who that doesn't present an issue for. Yeah. So when they're they don't know what to do when school is closed. So for those of you who are listening and you are in climates such as these, that could be a potential amazing uh, opportunity for you to start a new business that is a kid, you know, type daycare situation that is just on snow days. Mm -hmm. I mean, because everybody doesn't need that type of care, you know, on a regular day. And some kids aren't at the age. I mean, at 11, I'm not ready for her to stay home by herself all day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she needs to be somewhere where it's like a day camp or whatever that is specifically on snow days. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what other people are doing. I know that you had kind of put some feelers out on social media trying to see what people were doing. What did you find, you know, that most people are, or how are most people kind of handling that stuff? Most people, well, I had a few responses talking about, like, you know, belonging to clubs, social clubs, sports Mm. clubs, et cetera. I think you have to be in a certain um, salary bracket to have that as an option, which is awesome for you. However, there are people who are not in that bracket who are looking for options. I did hear from some people who said they have, you know, a mother or a sister or whoever who steps in and, and takes care of their kids. Right. But there were a couple people who wrote and said that that was an issue with them at their previous job yeah. or that they didn't know what to do. And it did lead to, you know, getting reprimanded at work, et cetera, right. or not being able to bring your kid. And then what do you do? So um, I think you bring up a great point of maybe this is a, a, a business opportunity for mm-hmm. someone or Maybe it's a business opportunity for your 17-year-old, 16-year-old, whoever, who may be out of school, too. Maybe they open up on that day as their business. You know what I mean? And that teaches them that that is a win on multiple levels. I think that it's also an opportunity for businesses to change the way that they operate. Absolutely. for us specifically at, at my job, we have from day one always said that if cp you know if cincinnati public schools has a snow day then we have a mm-hmm, snow day mm-hmm. um because i wasn't the only parent that was there that had a child in cincinnati public right. schools and so we figured hey if they have a snow day then we have a snow day mm-hmm. and we work from home um this past week when the snow day was happening it was on a friday and i had you know out of the office stuff where you know i had to be at a workshop all day mm-hmm. so that didn't really help on that particular day but, yeah, having that support system and, you know, those people. And maybe it's just knowing, you know, more people who have the flexibility, you know, maybe it's rotating mm-hmm. where, you know, one one time that one parent is home with everybody's kids mm-hmm. and then the next time it's your turn. You mm-hmm. know, and you could kind of figure that out. But it all hinges back to, like you said, having that support system. Yep. Or we just going to have to uh, get your parents to move here so that we can I mean, have. <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty stuck in their ways over in. <laughs> Indianapolis I don't know if they're trying to move but lastly on this whole snow day thing you you bring up an excellent point as far as employers having to um, adjust their working hours their working environments I think that's an excellent point it benefits families and it benefits them as a company being able to say that you work with your 
employees and their different situations. Yeah. And honestly, if you have if you have that as a, as an asset, mm-hmm. you get people to bring their kids in. You get you know five ten kids in a room. Maybe maybe you like you said alternate. Maybe one employee you know monitors the kids for right. half the day and one and you rotate and it creates almost this family environment where. People are getting along better. They're mm-hmm. they're seeing their their coworkers in diff- in a different light. Yeah, I just think it could be an all around you know benefit if yeah. people considered that. You know, if if that was an option, or you know, and there's an organization locally um, called Party Sitters that has you know sitters that are kind of on deck yep. for events, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe that could be something that you know they add into their list of services mm-hmm. is that. When you have a snow day, they'll send one person to your office and then you carve out a conference room and they'll keep them busy for yep. the entire day. Nikki, if you use that idea. She might already have it on her list of services. <laughs> if you use that idea, I'm going to need a little cut. <laughs> you know what? You need to cut it. He doesn't, he doesn't yes, he mean does. that. Yes, he does. He <laughs> means all of it. I can't. <laughs> So as we start to think about the seasons and snow and spring that is right around the corner, hopefully. Warmth. And summer. And I'm Phoenix. Ba- I'm oh, wait. Currently back in Miami. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm talking about Phoenix. You like, I was just in Miami. Phoenix, what? When we think about the seasons of our life, you know, there there are times when we feel like we should be in a different place than we are right now. Um, and I recently had an opportunity to go to Columbus, Ohio. Um, took a quick road trip to participate in an event called Culture Talk. And it was super dope. Lots of great people um, sharing and just having open, honest, candid conversation. And, you know, just, just having these moments of vulnerability with the room. And there was a, one young lady in particular who you know, really had me thinking a lot about, you know, where we are in our lives and how blessed we've been uh, because she was talking about, you know, sometimes feeling like she's in a point where she she thought she would be married by now or she thought that this season of not having the the relationship that she desires would have been over by now. And um, so I just really wanted to, you know, kind of get your thoughts on that um, and also kind of wondering as – you know, you were watching people around you start to get married or, you know, find great relationships prior to us getting married. Like, how did you feel in that circumstance? Or, you know, now that we're married, like, are you finding that your single friends that, you know, you grew up with or went to college with, like, are in that mode? You know, just just really wanted to, to kind of introduce that mm-hmm. as, you know, just, you know, figuring out things happening in due season I think it's it's a really great topic I think it's very relevant especially for women um maybe not men as much Uh, possibly I mean I think probably definitely so for women because women start thinking about marriages as kids like you know some women yeah well yeah I mean like you even when you're playing with your Barbies you're like oh like you know this is Ken yeah like dudes don't be like I got G.I. Joe and this is his wife (laughs) yeah you know yeah um because women women put themselves on a clock a bit more than men do and women's families tend to rush them to do certain things a little bit more than men yeah so um i however 
my personal experience was not that I didn't really look at when my friends started to get married or like, you know, older sorority sisters, I didn't look at them getting married and think, Oh man, when am I going to get married? Mm -hmm. I just didn't. And I'm not sure why Mm -hmm. I really don't know why I just, I just, it wasn't this huge aspiration of mine. I knew that if I was going to get married, um, it would happen when it was supposed to happen. I was never in a hurry to make that happen. So, um, so I, I'm not sure, but I think a lot of it does have to do now. No one in my family was rushing me to get married. Right. It was never, oh girl, you know what, you know when you gonna get that ring or when. Like even when I was dating people, mm-hmm. you know before we like people weren't rushing me to to seek this guy for a marriage. You were dating people before. I you? was dating. I I dated people before. I'm sorry uh, to break this to you on the podcast. I'm sorry. Um, but interesting. <laughs> you know, practice um wait 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 a minute we're not gonna stay there (laughs) okay um so but but that probably plays a part in in it you know your your environment your family your mother your grandmother whoever your friends like if people are constantly feeding that to you Mm -hmm. you maybe start to succumb to some of that pressure so what age like would you have started to feel pressure I mean, because you got married before you were 30. Yeah. But like if you were 40 and, and right. not married, like does that. Would is, I start feeling yeah, that way? Do you think that you would start feeling like, man, I'm I'm 40 and some yeah. of my friends have already been married for yeah. 15 years or, you know, like, mm-hmm. do you think that even though for you, you didn't feel pressure, do you think that realistically there's a clock in in Speaking also specifically for people who don't have kids yet, who are saying, hey, I want to wait to have kids until I'm married. And then so they're Mm -hmm. looking at a biological clock, not just like the clock from outside people like their parents. But they're looking at a biological clock. Like, do you think that your perception would have been different if at 40 you hadn't had children or uh, been married? Yeah, I think that biologically absolutely Mm -hmm. because when you think about kids um for the woman just just realistically there is a clock like you you i think that with the advances in medical technology you can um i don't think you have as many concerns now in 2017 2018 as you did in 1982 you know what i mean so women are having children later in life However, there are real biological um, changes and Mm -hmm. adjustments that have to be made when you have a child past a certain age, past 35 primarily. Um, So you do have to start looking at at things and how you want yourself to be healthy. You want your baby to be healthy. You want so you do have to start looking at those things. So that's a very real clock. I think that that starts to be considered when you do reach a certain age. Right. And I guess I was just kind of thinking, too, like, if you get to that age, Mm -hmm. you know, do you start to look at other options, you know, as far as how to conceive? I think so. You know, are you looking at some of those other advances in, you know, the the medical field Mm -hmm. on how to also conceive, you know, if you're not in a relationship where you're like, this is a stable relationship where I'm ready to bring a child into? And I think it's more accepted now than Mm -hmm. it used to be. Yeah, because to think people about used to the, make jokes like, you a test tube yes. baby. You know, and you better now, not say that now. Right. <laughs> be like, and a lot yes, of side eyes. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there so back to the young lady's um, I guess kind of question or concern. Um, a lot of it has to do with what bar you're comparing yourself to or, mm-hmm. or what standard are you looking at? Are you looking at your friends who are 24 and 25 who are getting married and who are maybe feeling pressured by whoever. Cause I honestly, for me, like I got married in my late twenties. 
I knew women who got married, who I knew from high school, college, who got married in early twenties. And many of them are divorced now. Right. You know what I mean? So, so maybe me waiting that extra time, giving yourself that extra time or not feeling pressure. And I'm by no means saying like that me or anyone else who waited to get married is in this perfect scenario. I'm not saying that at all, right. but I'm saying that I was very surprised by how many of them, um, you know, how many of their relationships ended. I know, I do know women who got married early on who have stayed married, you know, they've been married 10, however many years now, which is, which is wonderful. But I think that the pressure should come off a lot of times on those women who are in their early twenties, right out of college. And you know, whoever's telling them, well, your next goal needs to be to get married. You know, why, why does that have to be the next bar that you hit? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, you know, I, I think that as we have, you know, kind of shifted our perceptions on what a family looks like um, from when we were kids, you know, like it it does look different. And there Mm -hmm. are plenty of people who have conceived in other methods Mm -hmm. and, you know, are single parents or whatever. And Mm -hmm. then they find the person that they uh, marry later Mm -hmm. in life. And they're like, well, I mean, I have a child, I'm a Mm -hmm. single parent, you know, and I mean, that, that is a little bit different of a story, I guess. um, And, due to medical technology and stuff like yeah. that. So that's I just think in, I, and I've, I've said this before and I'll say it now, you do what works for you yeah. and your family and your spouse and your kids and your, you do what works for you and stop. And, and social media makes it 10 times harder mm-hmm. than it used to be to not worry about what everybody else is doing, what you should be doing, quote unquote, stay in your lane and Mm -hmm. literally do what works best for your life in that moment if you don't feel like you should be married at 32 don't get married yet you know what i mean like and don't rush into a situation just because somebody told you you should have been married five years ago we've been huge fans uh for the last five or six years of a one it's been that long has it been it hasn't it has not we been that long. Been. Three. It's been like three years. You say that every year when they do when they've done twelve oh. Halloween episodes. You say it's only been three years. Okay, go ahead. We've been huge fans of a show on ABC called Blackish, and uh, do white people watch the show? I do know at least like two white people who who do watch the show. But do a large number of white people watch? If can people let us know, please? I hope that everyone is watching the show, and I hope it's not something that like only black people are is watching. Is it only it's so for black good. people? No. Did did white people watch the Cosby Show? Yes. Okay. But it also wasn't called the Black Cosby. <laughs> 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 it, was, it wasn't the, the Black Cosby. The show, so maybe the name might make might, might make other people feel like they're not welcome to watch it. Does it? I don't, I don't know. know. I would okay. have to ask somebody who is not. It's yeah. not black. Okay. Okay, so maybe Wait. they are only on season four. Maybe they're only season Thank four. Thank you. Instead of five, you said three. It just hit season four. No, no, no. Season four is done. Honey. Oh, so the current season is season, season five. Four. Oh. Yeah, the current, yeah, season four is done. Okay, we digress. So. Go ahead. Huh. We huh. are big fans of the show. Huh. I was correct. Thank you, Google. Anyway, big fans of the show Blackish. And um, so we decided to venture into the spinoff. Uh, Grownish. 
Yes, and it what is I, very grown. What I am glad that we didn't do is bring our children with us. Is venture into this in parent <laughs> bill because because we often watch Blackish with our kids. And yes, so we, we do. We would have been under the perception that we could have watched Grownish with our children. However. Grownish is not for the kids. <laughs> I'm not even sure it was for me. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> even know. I, there were some parts I was covering my eyeballs. I was trying to figure out if I was grown enough <laughs> to watch it. Man, lots of activity. Am I just grownish. Lots of activity. It's. I would love to hear what other people think about it. it there's a lot of, keep in mind, I didn't go to a traditional college. I didn't go away to school. Yeah. I didn't go back to college till I was 29 years old. So I was an adult in, you know, school, full-time not staying in a dorm, didn't go away, you know, like, yeah. So I, I didn't have the real college experience, but for I someone who not did the real, traditional, say the traditional, because you did have a real, co- I don't want to discount your college experience, a traditional quote unquote college experience. DeVry yes, class of February. <laughs> no, just you did not go to DeVry. Can you <laughs> no, you remember Gary Owen said that. <laughs> oh, did he? Oh my God. It was in okay. like, uh, what's that movie with Steve Harvey? Any. Anyone who went to DeVry yeah. were not trying to offend you. No, no I'm just repeating what Gary Owen okay. said. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. So you didn't go away to college. I did not go away to college. So for someone who did go yes. to a traditional and have a traditional <laughs> college experience where you left home fresh out of high school and you went away to college, how did you like? <laughs> I mean, I won't say that it's an inaccurate depiction of college life. Like I, I will say for me, my collegiate experience did not include as many narcotics that <laughs> as are shown did on you say Grown-ish. narcotics. Is, is that a suitable you replacement a for, for drugs? <laughs> I didn't want to just say drugs. Hey, are you undercover? right Maybe, now? <laughs> maybe I am agent woods reporting for duty. Anyway, um, I was not around that much. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of that going on in these episodes. So it was more drinking. More drinking. But, oh, lots of alcohol. But would you say that drug culture is different now yes. than it was? Much more prevalent now okay. than it was when I was in school. So, you know, back then people were like barely smoking, you know, weed. Can I say weed? Marijuana. You yes. can say what you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Reefer. <laughs> People were barely, people were barely partaking in narcotics. Narcotics. <laughs> yeah, Wait. that's what happens after you partake. In a little bit, a little bit of the twig. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So anyway, as I date myself, um, there's a lot of drug usage in Grownish, and and I think there might be less alcohol and more drugs in the show. There was somebody who got drunk. Yes. So for me in college, I mean, there was lots of alcohol, like, you know, um, the whole, I think also the, the whole hookup nature or like figuring that out. I mean, people are doing that, you yeah. know what I mean? Cause it's like your first test of freedom and you're yeah. trying to figure out. And then it's funny because the one episode where they're trying to figure out how you define, what, you know, that is real. Quote unquote relationship oh, that is real is. because everybody yeah. has a different definition of what hooking of, up is of what and, hooking up is yeah. or did you you know like the different rounds and all that i mean that is very realistic yeah. and i'm just not sure that i'm well, not not i'm not sure i'm positive that i don't want our girls to <laughs> ever go away a, to college well they're <laughs> gonna go to devry <laughs> i don't want them to i definitely don't want them to be exposed to that lingo yet yeah not to say that they aren't at school. Lord knows there's all kinds of stuff floating around in, in fifth and or seventh grade. Or even turning on the radio and listening oh to songs goodness. about Molly and Percocet. So much. So, so much. Crockpot. 
I had to yeah. make Ava stop saying that part. Yeah. Smoking and cooking a hot <laughs> why box. Can't I, why can't I say that? Just don't say crock pot. Yeah. Don't say crock pot. Don't say <laughs> don't hot say, box. Don't say don't hot say box. Nothing. Don't say any of that. Don't say don't say, don't say <laughs> Don't say nothing. Whipping. Don't say any of it. None of it. It's a lot, man. It is a lot. It's parenting. And I think that, that watching the show through parenting, a parenting lens was different. It's a different ball game. It was, it was way different. I think that if we didn't have children and we were watching the show – or maybe if we weren't even thinking, yeah, our kids are only a couple years away from going right? to college. You're like, we probably would look at the show differently. We know? would. And we would. Little Zozo has grown up. It's, yeah, she's she's real grown. Yeah. That's why it's called grownish. She's yeah. real grown. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's a good show. I I like Yara Shahidi. Yeah. Phenomenal young woman. It's going to Harvard. I mean, she. You know. Can I just say that when I was growing up, there were no Yara Shahidis. There. I mean, you. We talked about. I mean, I think when we were growing up, the the closest thing to her were like the Cosby kids, yeah. right? I mean, like Lisa Bonet yeah. was probably, but she was old. She was older than me. She was older. So like when I was growing up, for me it was like Rudy. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess I would have been stuck. Not stuck with. I would have been around the age of Tempest Bledsoe. <laughs> oh, not Theo. Not even Theo. Well, Theo, Theo was, was older. Guy. I'm talking about. I'm talking about women oh, okay. on TV okay. I got playing you. her type of character or okay. just her as an individual. Like, we didn't have, like, young... Have you seen some of the speeches she's given? She's so... We cool. didn't she's, have people she's incredible. who were, like, out here just, Activists. like... Activists. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have that. I'm trying to think about... Even Lisa Bonet. I mean, like, Lisa Bonet, she's like the new Lisa Bonet yeah. in the sense of... Even with the sense of them going from the family unit to the college spinoff yeah. with different world, you know, like, and, and Grownish being those. But, like, when you think of outside of acting, like, we didn't have that. I didn't mm-hmm. have somebody my age that was an activist who mm-hmm. was a great actress uh who was you know involved and she this chick has was co-hosting on the view yeah i'm like what she's, other young person has amazing. been on the view yeah co-hosting yeah. like that's and she's just, incredibly smart right like yeah. she's 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 been here before she she quite possibly <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's just it's great to see her doing that. Time. It really is. And I think that, you know, I believe the children are the future. And if we teach them well, we'll let yes. them lead the way. Is that but an original quote? I, something that I just popped, you know, popped okay. out. But I was thinking about, you know, as we look at our kids and what we're looking for them to be for the next generation. Like this, I feel like this generation right now has access to everything. Uh-huh. They do. They could be hands down the most powerful uh generation yet to come yeah. i agree so I, I definitely if they harness the power they, they have do. yeah if they do yeah that's one thing i battle consistently with ava is getting her to she's smart she's you know she's got a great personality and she doesn't want to focus yeah. and she she's she's just being lazy a lot of times mm-hmm. and so getting her you know getting her to just be a little more um forthright a little yeah. bit more proactive a little bit more hey you know what do you what do you think can make the world a better place i don't yeah. know you know just to think but about stuff like that like this generation has all of the tools they do they like when i was coming up when i first decided i was going you know like i used to do like parties and stuff and when you wanted people to come to your party like you had to print out a little flyer mm-hmm. and put it on cars do and pass like- it out at school and take it to the skating rink and like now you have social media you mm-hmm. can like literally get information to anybody yeah. at any point. I could talk to any celebrity. Like 
we didn't used to have that. We used mm-hmm. to have fan clubs. You yeah. would write a letter and oh, the fan club. And they they would, don't know about the fan club. They would send back a picture, autograph, but it wouldn't oh, really be goodness. them. It was like their assistant. Oh like, my goodness! You know, it's just like you just can reach out and touch all of these people, mm-hmm. and so. It's, they have the potential it's of being real. really powerful. Yeah, so, it's real. Shout out to, to Yara Shahidi and uh, the show Grownish and uh, Blackish as well. Yeah. Man. So, absolutely. They out here. They out here. Um, so, uh, we have one more segment. Time for the mailbag. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, it's a good one this week. Oh, man. All right. Cynthia writes My fiance is a very successful banker and often has to take meetings after work. Last week, a friend of mine saw him out with another woman for dinner at a pretty popular spot. She said she thinks the dinner looked a little more intimate than a typical business meeting. He and I keep separate calendars, so I don't always know about these meetings unless he mentions it in passing. My question is, should I ask him about it? We have a very trusting relationship, and I've never had any reason to doubt him, so I don't want to introduce any new issues. But I also don't want to be too naive. Okay. What do you think? (laughs) Let's start with you. <laughs> I mean, first off, she said that he's very successful. Um, I want to start by saying that people who are successful sometimes have to do things, you know, after work. That's an excellent point. That's how they became very successful is probably by working extra hours and doing a little bit more. Um, I don't think that she should be naive. So maybe it is making the suggestion of having shared calendars to start mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that you and I actually do. We do not from a trust standpoint, but just because my schedule is pretty crazy mm-hmm. and it makes it a lot easier for you to be able to know right. what is going on. So if you're trying to schedule something or vice versa, we can just look at the calendar and say, um, you know, Hey, you know, this is on the calendar for this day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that, you know, I can go here or Hey, you know, I noticed that you don't have something on this day, so I'm going to go do this after work, you know, and can you pick up the kid, Mm -hmm. you know. It does make things easier, especially for considering your schedule. Yeah. Um, And as an entrepreneur, obviously, you just have a little bit more of a non-traditional, you know, work environment slash schedule. Uh, Mine remains a little bit more consistent, but Mm -hmm. it does allow for me to kind of check and say, oh, you know, can't schedule this or, and I do pretty much know where you are or who you have dinner with. And yeah. so it does make things um, a little bit easier. So that's a great suggestion. Um, I would think that this is probably a close friend if she is even considering whether or not she needs to bring it up. Oh, the person who saw him? Yes. Okay. So um, I think in that aspect, it's kind of like she's probably also wondering, you know, this is my homegirl. Like this is someone who I trust and I don't want her to feel like she came to me and said that to me in vain. You know I, do I, mean? kinda, I do kind of wonder why he has to have solo dinner meetings, though. This is a great. So it made me think about, do you remember when Brian, Brian Tome, uh, head pastor at Crossroads, mm-hmm. in, a, in a series, I think it might have been the marriage series, uh-huh. he said when he has to take a meeting after a certain time or a, any dinner meeting with a female, he tells mm-hmm. his wife. Yeah. Which I think is a pretty great rule of thumb. I think that's important because then that way when the friend calls, you say, oh, I already know because he told me. And it's such and such. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I personally don't do a ton of solo meetings with women at after hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, especially not, not at night. Yeah. Right. Uh, and if it is after night or at night, 
It's probably not at a restaurant. We probably don't need to eat because mm-hmm. I'm probably trying to hurry up and get home anyway. Right. So, you know, it might be a six six o'clock meeting, but I ain't trying to eat. Right. And hang out. Right. Like I'm trying to get through whatever it is we got to talk about so I can get home. Mm-hmm. Um, and not saying that that doesn't happen because, you know, especially in nonprofits or other other industries where you have to kind of schmooze people sometimes like if you're trying to get money Mm -hmm. for your organization or whatever i'm not really sure what the circumstances are obviously Mm -hmm. because i don't know the guy but you know i don't know it's an interesting situation it is i would say that you know for my suggestion for her would be to not jump the gun and automatically assume the worst but you know be patient give Mm -hmm. grace ask questions but also in the process of asking questions don't come as if you know you're in a you know one of the movies mm-hmm. like <laughs> where was you where? you know like <laughs> don't come with the clapping hands no clapping hands just you no know. grabbing for air yeah please no grab <laughs> no air grab grabs air. no air grabs uh my girl told, told me, me that you, you was i had a feeling <laughs> who tried to kill you okay <laughs> yeah, um. all of that so i think i think you have to you have to come with that type of scenario you have to be um, very calculated in the way that you ask too, because you don't want to make it seem like you don't trust. Right. Um, now, if there have been other issues with trust in the past. Well, no, she said they oh, have a trusting oh, relationship. Oh, she, she did. She did. So, um, but I will say also that I think that, um, you know, this is her fiance, so they're not married yet. Mm-hmm. And it might be something that she's like, maybe, she, maybe this needs to be a conversation before we get married. And it's probably, not to cut you off, sorry, but it's probably one of those things where, um, mm-hmm. she may because she can trust him and they have a trusting relationship mm-hmm. but she may have been in a relationship with somebody else where that wasn't why they were meeting right at late at night for or after work hours mm-hmm. for dinner and so she's kind of carrying baggage into this situation where she might be having flashbacks to mm-hmm. a previous relationship where somebody maybe even say it it was a work thing but it yeah. turned out to not be um so that's that's something else you got to take into consideration or she watches any number of shows on tv that yeah. sh- constantly showcase this narrative yeah. so because there's no such thing as a tv marriage that's yeah man it's, that's well, a whole podcast yeah, like Black-ish. that's a whole we separate Black-ish yes earlier in episode, we do have Black-ish. So, yeah. awesome yeah. um okay yes. so so last thought yep. does she talk to him about it or does she not address it um i think she should talk to him about it but then i also think maybe she should talk to her girl about it uh, her friend and say, you know, I trust my dude. I don't really need people running up on me. But with. well, okay. But the counter is that to that is, is that the counter. Thing? I will counter that with, uh-huh. what if Cynthia? Because then let another, a lesser, um, you know, loyal or someone who maybe she's not as close to, come to her and be like, oh yeah, I saw. Let's say Patrick. Mm-hmm. I saw Patrick out at such and such with you know so and so, and then. She finds out that her close girlfriend knew and didn't say anything. Yeah, so then, really it, then, because if it, it, what if it was the thing? We hope it's not. Yeah. But then it's like, you really dang, you didn't. Yeah. It's a tough. It is. Cynthia. Because, yeah. I, Sorry, Cynthia. I do think that it's, it's a conversation. Okay. And I don't know if that conversation is um, like, hey, you know, do we consider having shared calendars or, mm-hmm. hey, you know, are we like, is this an ongoing thing as far as us having dinners with the opposite sex after a certain time? Like, I don't think that's a bad conversation to have just so that it's out in the open and everybody understands and they're on the same page. Uh So communication and trust go hand in hand. You know what else goes hand in hand? 
vanilla crown royal and this uh <laughs> caramel apple spice from starbucks here we go <laughs> what Ooh. else you want to say it's delicious. it is so tasty it is delicious it's so tasty it's great on a cold night to you know you want some warm cider absolutely well looks like that does it for us any final thoughts that was a great episode was. you're a great episode i love you i love you so too. much if you were an episode, I would watch you on reruns over and over in syndication. You know what? You know what? This is, you're so funny. And I want all of our amazing listeners to know that. Because I'm sure all the wives out there deal with this as well. Deal with what? You, this, they don't a whole lot of sugary syrup over there right now because you are trying to make up for something. Make up for what? You know for what? Be awesome. Yeah, yes. You're trying to make up for being awesome. I love you. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do this podcast with anybody else. I sure hope not with it being a marriage podcast. Well, then there's that. Mm, yes, there is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can't. Until next time. Love each other.